Welcome back to Sac Passe with Sophie, the podcast formerly known as the Haitian American Dream, where we discuss the beauty, the flaws, and all of Haitian culture. So pull up a chair, grab some cremas, cola la caille, or grenadilla, because it's time to tune in. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Sac Passe podcast with Sophie. I hope that you all are doing well. I missed you on Friday. I wasn't feeling my best, so I decided not to go ahead and make the episode. Well, I usually record it a few days in advance. And on the day I planned to, I wasn't feeling well. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a moment for myself and I will make sure to get back to you all. But I did create a official Haitian Heritage Month music playlist on Spotify, which I shared on my social media and I will share here as well for you all. Um, if you actually just type in on Spotify, Haitian Heritage Month playlist, it should come up. Um, but anyways, I just wanted to make sure that I'm still bringing something to the culture, something of value. Um, and before I really start the episode, there's one thing that I really wanted to discuss, well, bring up. Last night, I was watching the Jill Scott versus Erica Badu versus battle, which for those who are unaware, there has been this thing going on on Instagram where basically a lot of classic black artists in um, the culture have basically just been coming together to do a quote unquote battle, which a lot of them have just ended up being jam sessions, for example, with last night. Y'all, when I tell you I got my entire, entire life with Erica Badu and Jill Scott, I was just in a different, a different zone. Like, I have not felt that much at peace in a very long time. I have been finding my peace in different ways, but just the way that they, it, it just was beautiful. The way that they were complimenting each other, the music they played, um, just, it was just so much, it was so beautiful. And being on Twitter, discussing it with other people who love their music, other black women, black men, like... It was just really, really dope. And um, it just made me think about how throughout this entire time with the quarantine, the people for me, at least, who have been really holding me up are, you know, my fellow Haitians, my fellow um, other Black people. And just it's just amazing to me how amazing Black people are in dealing with certain circumstances where you would think that in a time like this, where the rates of Black death is just... It's just astronomical with uh, COVID-19 and recently with different things of police brutality and just certain situations where it's just like, man, we're going through a pandemic and people are still using the evil in their hearts to take us down. And it just, it really, it really hurts my soul. It does. And um, that's actually part of the reason of why I didn't record the episode last week because my spirit was really down and I vowed to myself that when I create content or, you know, I make a video for YouTube, I record my podcast, I am not going to bring in the pain that I'm going through at that moment into your speakers. Um, Of course, I still feel very hurt by what's been going on, but I am in a better place today than I was the other day. So I was like, okay, I can actually provide them with something of substance and be positive so I can send that energy your way. Um, but continuing on, there's also been three, now three on Sunday now, um, three different deaths of amazing, wonderful black musicians. And I just want to take this moment to pay homage to them because, you know, they deserve it. So a few days ago, Andre Harrell passed away, who was the, um, 
who was the founder, sorry, of Uptown Records, which for those who know or don't know, because <laughs> I actually didn't know of him. I feel like I've definitely seen him before, but I didn't really know all about him. But he had um, started Uptown Records, like I mentioned, and that included people like Pete Diddy, Mary J. Blige, Jodeci, all these amazing, like, greats of the 90s that I love. I know a lot of people out there love it, too. Um, and then there was also Little Richard, who passed away recently, the architect, okay, the foundation of rock and roll, okay? Um, and uh, just today, we found out about Betty Wright passing away who is actually, um, she was also a musician as well. So it just, and oh my gosh, like when I tell y'all, I really sat here and just cried because I was like, it's just, it's been so many, so, so much death, you know? And um, yeah, so I just wanted to start off by paying homage to those people and just saying thank you, thank you to Jill Scott and Erica Badu. I mean, they probably will never hear this, but you know, I hope the good vibes are with them right now as I'm saying this thank you for last night because so many of us needed that we had a rough week and then we came today and we're like damn it somebody else you know like this is crazy but listening to them last night was just a reminder that I have a voice I have a platform I have a talent that I need to share with the world and um Jill Scott was discussing about how as a writer and or poet as just an artist in general like you have a job to do and it's mandatory that once you have the idea and you write it out on paper now it's your job to bring it out to the world and so that really is what pushed me even to get out of my bed this morning to be like okay I'm gonna record this episode um I don't care how many people listen to it whoever needs to listen to it will listen to it they will get the message and they will spread that message um there's a quote by Tupac that basically says hold on let me just double check i don't want to say the wrong thing um okay hold on hold on hold on hold on okay so and for those who don't know tupac is like my ultimate favorite rapper of all time so anyways um so he has a quote that says i'm not saying i'm gonna change the world but i guarantee that i will spark the brain that will change the world and i want y'all to understand something okay <laughs> which i'm starting to feel like this episode is about to be a freestyle even though i do have a script written out for it but um well not a script but points written but basically i've Growing up, I had like a lot of familial issues and things of that nature. And I just remember turning to music and really falling in love with it. And especially with like old school hip hop. That's where like my love really started to form. Because growing up in a Haitian household, like, you know, there's certain music you don't really get to listen to. And granted, my parents weren't as strict with certain things, but I don't really remember listening to as much. Uh, I would listen to hip hop with my, like, my siblings and stuff, but there's just certain songs I just didn't know. I just didn't know certain artists. Like I knew a lot of soul music and like, you know, that type of stuff. A lot of Haitians would listen to that. But as far as like old school hip hop, I didn't realize that um, I didn't discover it until like on my own. And when I discovered Tupac, y'all, when I tell y'all, I was just like learning the lyrics by head. I was writing everything down. And that was part of what made me into, I would say maybe, well, I'm not going to say an even better writer, but I had already started writing poetry prior to listening to him. But then eventually listening to his music inspired me to keep going and to write more and to do things like that. So I say all that to say that shout out to Tupac, because if it wasn't for him, y'all, this podcast wouldn't exist. No, I'm totally joking. But seriously, there are so many artists who I just like, I really just pay homage to. And um, I just feel like without them, my work would not stand. And 
I wouldn't have a blueprint to really like um, be inspired by. Not necessarily to follow because, you know, you want to do things that are meant for you. You want to walk in your purpose, walk in, um, you know, your own groove. You don't want to be trying to take what other people are doing because at the end of the day, if that's not for you, it's not for you. Um, I think it's really important, especially in this day and time, to just learn that you can't just be trying to pick up and go and do what everyone else is doing, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's just really important to keep in mind. It's really important. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I feel like this, I kind of took a big segue uh, <laughs> to where I was going with this, but regardless, I hope that you all got something from this, you know, before in past episodes, I used to do, um, an update. So I guess that was technically my update with you all about what's been going on with me. Um, I really hope that everything's been going good with y'all. Today I drank some tea. I got my water next to me, which I always have, but you know, I drank tea before so that my throat, you know, sounds a little sexy for you all so you can uh, enjoy. All right. But, um, on a serious note, I'm going to go ahead and move into the Menjaz last section. So <laughs> stand by. Hey, 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 I'm back, y'all. Okay, so for the Mejaz Law section today, we have a song by an artist, a Haitian artist named T. Kabzi. I hope I'm saying their name right. Um, in English, it would be Little Kabzi. Okay, <laughs> T means little. There you go, Haitian fun fact. Um, and the name of it, well, I think I just, yeah, Relax is the name of it, or Relax. That's how we say it in Korean, Relax. Meaning lay back and chill, relax, pose yourself, Okay. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of it because I'm so tempted and being that I don't think this episode will be on YouTube anyways, cause I've been doing like a lot of moving around with things, but anyways, so I'm going to play a short clip and I'll be right back. La vie est difficile, Okay, so that is the song you guys can find. I'm pretty sure on pretty much every streaming platform, especially YouTube and Spotify. Spotify is my girl. Listen, the way I speak about Spotify, y'all, she needs to sponsor me like for real, for real. But anyways, on a serious note, um, I love that song. I've heard it before in the past, but it's just like I've been realizing a lot of the songs I've heard growing up. I'm starting to hear them more now. And I'm like, wow, like I didn't really know how important that song was. Like right before I recorded this episode, I was listening to um, this old band that my father loves that I now love, which I've always loved it, to be honest. Even when I was a kid, I, I liked music. Um, but, you know, as you get older, you just start to understand the meaning more, the lyrics. And you're just like, wait, this is on a different level. OK, Um but yeah, so I, I love moments like that. And this song in particular, so he starts off basically by saying, um, you know, just talking about how like life is difficult, where he says, la vie difficile, la vie difficile, meaning life is difficult. Um, and, you know, the meaning of that, be the beginning part is just, 
that even though life is hard, there are certain things that you don't need to do to relax. There are other ways you can relax. He's saying, you know, we have music to chill, to, you know, relax, take life, take life simply. He mentions saying, um, he mentions pour la vie tranquille. So basically just saying taking life in tranquil or tranquility. Sorry, my words are mixing today, but, um, yeah, so it's just, it's cool. It's a good song. Just basically trying to have you vibe out, relax. You know, he said we could just take some drinks with friends, listen to music, chill. You don't need to take pills to chill. It's cute. It's a really nice little song. So if you love Haitian music, if you're Haitian and you need a new song on your playlist, add Relax by Tikabzi. Or if you're American or whoever, and you just want to rock with the beat, listen. Trust me, you'll love it. All right. So that is the Medjaz last section. I hope that you all enjoy. <laughs> Have a good one. Oh, wait, I'm not done with the episode yet. Where are you going? Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the quick crack section of the show. So today we're going to be talking about kind of like two things merged into one. Um, I really, really wish I had someone to discuss this with on the show, but I haven't been able to do that yet to really like invite people. People are busy and I mean, granted, we're all in quarantine, but it's just like, it's kind of hard to like, you know, get people on. So today we're going to be talking about discipline versus abuse slash anxiety in Haitian or foreign culture. So this has always been something that's been on my mind regarding abuse, but as well as anxiety. Now, the reason why the two of them, I feel like just really merge is because for one, for people who have been abused or disciplined in certain ways, there can be a lot of, you know, long lasting effects, whether it be mental health, mental illnesses with that. Um, and anxiety is a mental illness that can be attached to it. And just, there are just different things, right? So I posed a question online, which this one didn't really get that much attention as opposed to the last one. So I kind of was like, okay, I don't really know what to do. Two people responded, one on Instagram, one on, well, technically two on Twitter. Uh, but my question was, how far is too far when it comes to discipline? And I know that we joke a lot online with the, oh, Haitian parents be like, whatever, whatever, um, you know, about how we were disciplined. But oftentimes people don't really sit and think about how certain practices are very similar to like straight up abuse, right? So we joke about batons, which is spanking or whooping, you know, in English, um, or being put on agenue, which for those who don't know what agenue is, that means to basically like be on bended knee. Um, and that's... Um, a form of discipline that a lot of Haitian parents would use, which would be like mytho ajinu, get, you know, kneel. And you would kneel for however long they want you to kneel for. <laughs> and what I'm thinking about, it, I'm just like, that's just ridiculous. Like, I just don't ever see myself telling any of my children, if I have any, to kneel as a form of punishment. Like, there's other things like holding a book or like, I don't know, not, you know, just there's different ways, right? So I asked how far is too far when it comes to discipline. And one response was by one of my close friends. And basically he said, personally, I say when the child withdraws from you for longer than a few minutes or when you as the person giving disciplinary action want to apologize to the child. He also said when your emotions are being translated into your actions as well. So I guess, you know, basically disciplining your child out of anger. Um, he said that growing up most of the time when he had any disciplinary actions, they were generally emotionless as in 
my parents were calm or didn't visually show emotional unrest before and after the act was done. Okay, so I guess in that sense, it would be like that wasn't in his eyes a form of um, abuse. I was going to say punishment. It wasn't a form of abuse, right? And then on Twitter, somebody responded saying, to her, it's too far when you're trying to teach a lesson versus wanting someone else to feel pain. So if you're trying to make someone feel pain, as opposed to just teaching a lesson, that's where it becomes abuse. And someone else responded basically just saying that she's always heard growing up in a Haitian household that adults shouldn't, you know, discipline their child while they're upset. So I say all of that to say, okay, should corporal or physical punishment still be a thing in Haitian culture? I personally think no, okay? So as somebody who was disciplined physically as a child, um, my siblings as well, now, and I'm not saying I, I really straight up do not feel like we're abused. Oh, sorry. But I just feel like it's a very outdated way of thinking and I do not believe you need to I actually to be honest I don't think it ever should have been a thing like I do not agree with it I think it is bad but you know it was a way that people were not just Haitian parents white parents too black um Latinos whoever Chinese like corporal punishment has always been a thing for parents in general like and that's just what it is right um but I do believe that as we are advancing as humans there's just certain ways that we do need to let go of and I do feel like that is part of it corporal punishment to me I don't believe should be something that continues um and I know people might be like okay but I turned out fine okay so let's discuss <laughs> um I love the argument of I turned out fine because when you really sit and think about certain things that we do and certain ways that we behave a lot of it can be traced back to our childhood and why we react to people in certain ways. Let's say, for example, someone who really avoids conflict. And I'm not talking about somebody who just picks their battles. I'm talking about somebody who straight up will just completely ignore that someone is disrespecting them or just will act like, oh, it's okay. Well, you know, whatever. That can be a direct effect of you being, you know, physically disciplined as a child. You might think that, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, end up in a conflict or be hurt or physically hit for saying this certain thing. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Right. So that's just an example to me. Um, and just different emotional issues, um, social issues with people. There's so many problems that can arise, honestly, from corporal punishment. And there's been research to do it. So this is not just me just talking out the ass like these are things that I have researched and seen before um and as well as when I was studying in school that I would learn about okay and as a lot of people may know corporal punishment was something that was allowed in schools before in the U.S. and I want to say there's probably like ooh, I don't know if there's like states that still technically allow that but it's not talked about but I don't know I don't want to get into that I don't feel like researching that but anyway so Many studies, which I found this on Psychology Today, I believe, yes. Many studies have shown that physical punishment, including spanking, hitting, and other means of causing pain, can lead to increased aggression, antisocial behavior, physical injury, and mental health problems for children. I know people might be like, well, I just gave my child a little tap tap on the hand, or I just did this, or I just did that, or, you know, well, you know, I didn't really like hit him like that, but it's just like, you're invoking an, um, a level of pain and a level of fear in your child. Now, I don't believe children should fear their children. And I feel like a lot of us as Haitian, you know, now young adults or teenagers or whatever the case might be, 
who think about our childhood, if you really think about some of the tactics, I'm not saying this is all Haitian parents, you know, uh, it's more of like a most (laughs) or a general consensus of people I've spoken to. A lot of them have been exposed to, you know, corporal punishment, aka physical punishment, being on Ajinu, these different things. And sorry, with that being said, you know, a lot of it actually wasn't that helpful. You know, I feel like that a lot of that is what led to a lot of us having an anxiety um, or just other forms of mental illness that we may not talk about or we may cover with different things. But if you really sit there and think about it, you're like, maybe that's why I act like that when I'm in a relationship or maybe that's why I act like that when I'm in a friendship or if a problem arises, um, I'm avoiding conflict or, you know, I try to do this certain thing so that I don't feel this or that, you know, as a result of my actions or me speaking up about something. So I say all that to say that a lot of the ways that we were raised, I truly believe is a direct result of, um, sorry, is a direct influence on how we are now that we're older you know if we're anxious about not doing something correct at work or not being the best at this because another thing that happens in a lot of Haitian households is that you have to be the best okay which is not a bad thing it's not a bad thing that's something that across cultures African cultures Indian um Chinese where a lot of parents are very hard on their kids especially if the parents migrated here to have a better life so you know I understand the logic Um, but there is a certain amount of pressure where it's like you get into this mode of, okay, am I doing this the best? Like, am I really doing this the best that I can? Um, I can't rest until I'm done or I need to do this a certain way, or I need to get this specific grade, or if not, I'm a failure. And if you think about it, it's like, where did I get that mindset from? Who's speaking to me? Um, I've heard this thing where people say like, you can hear your, the basically the way you think of yourself up until a certain point um, in your life, your age, it's still your parents speaking to you. Like you still have them in your mind where it's like, if you were raised by both parents, you hear your mom on one side, your dad on the other with certain situations. And there's an episode I'm going to have later down the line. I think it's like the last episode of this month where I'm going to speak about parenting yourself mentally. And that's just, oh, I love that topic. I love talking about that with people who understand it. Um, but it's kind of like a relearning things that you were taught as a child to basically help you cope as an adult and with your life but anyways I say all that to say like a lot of things that we do or how we react is a direct result of how our parents raised us and that's not to say there's anything wrong with that but there are unfortunately a lot of well not a lot but sometimes negative results of how they raise us um so I say all that to say that I really just think that corporal punishment shouldn't be a thing in Haitian culture anymore and if you, not if you can, because you can, it's just about stopping. You should refrain. If you have children or if your children are in your care in any way, please refrain from corporal punishment. Like, I just don't think it's necessary. Um, And like I said, there's just so many different negative impacts that could really come about it. Like I said, there are studies that have talked about it and there's better ways to discipline. I know it sounds surprising, but there are better and different ways to discipline your child. Like you don't have to always go to the automatic, you're screaming at them or, you know, physical, like you have to tap them or hit them with a belt or anything like that. Like, honestly, guys, I'm telling you, you, you don't have to do all that. Um, and granted, I don't have kids, but I do have nieces and nephews. And I've noticed, because in the past, I have like done like the little tap on a hand or something like that. 
Um, but I did notice that once I started doing, I would tell them, stand by the wall and hold the book. The book is not heavy, obviously. You know, depending on how old the child is, I'm like, okay, let me give a book that I know you can actually hold and it's not going to be painful. But if you're standing there for like two minutes, three minutes, five minutes past, you're like, I don't want to be standing here holding this daggone book. <laughs> so I've done that before. And granted, that may not be like the best way for some kids, but some kids are like, oh, I'm about to be standing here holding this book. So I'm about to, you know, behave. Um, But that's something simple. That's an example. I'm just saying something that I've seen at its work where it's just like, Auntie, I don't want to be standing here. So it's like, okay, well, you have to listen. You're supposed to eat your food. You didn't eat. And you said you were hungry so finish your food you know this is just an example but I say all that to say there are different ways um for example one of the ways I realized on psychology today was to use your words to explain your feelings use words to label your child's feelings okay so even as the kid is a baby it's important to speak to them in a certain way where it's like once they get older they understand what you're speaking about if that makes sense right so just verbalizing how you feel in the moment and what you need the child to do and steps on how they should do it and why you know just really having that communication and I think that unfortunately a lot of us have huge huge problems with communication and unfortunately people lash out on their children they don't know how to speak to people they don't know how to speak to themselves mentally and they just go out and have kids and can't have those conversations so another way is to set a good example so that can be pre-verbal and verbal um, which are important factors in the formation of character structure and psychological health. Now, act and talk as you want your child to act and talk. Because remember, you're one of the biggest examples to your children. So children want to be like their parents. They're going to do what they need to do. Um, well, they're going to try to be like you. So if you're setting that bar, setting that example for them, then they're going to listen. So that's pretty much that. Um, there was something else I kind of wanted to bring up, but I feel like I'll discuss that another time. This section is getting a little bit longer than I wanted it to be, but I believe I already spoke about it in a past episode regarding, um, there's a woman by the name of Dr. Joy DeGry Leary, I believe is her last name. And it just was regarding how corporal punishment relates all the way back to slavery and how certain parents will, well, you know, like back in the day during enslavement, a lot of parents felt that they needed to treat their children in a certain way to make sure they could protect them essentially so um rather than uplifting their child they would be very hard on them and they would basically be like instead of it being oh you know let's say daughter's name is annie annie is such a good child whatever whatever annie doesn't do anything bad she comes home with good grades whatever um but instead of being like um oh, Annie's a good child. Like, let's say she's talking to another parent at like parent-teacher conference, right? And that parent happens to be white. And parents saying, oh my God, your daughter is so good at this, da, 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 so good at that. She'd be like, um, no, she's not. You know, you should see how she cut up at home. And it's like, why did you have to tear her down in that way when she does good at, you know, in school? Like she may do certain things that are not always good, but for the most part, she's a good child. Now, what Dr. Um, Joy DeGry basically spoke about is that, Oftentimes, enslaved Africans would use that as a tactic to, tactic, sorry, to protect their child from um, the slave masters, from trying to get them to do more work or to sell them. She would be like, oh, no, 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 master. Like, you know, my child is dumb. My child can't do nothing. They're lazy. All these different types of things. So, um, and then she spoke about slavery as well. I'm sorry. She spoke about physical punishment as well, where it was um, 
some slaves would punish their child even punish their children even more so that way they could know like what to expect in the real world it was something something of that nature where you know that's like the gist of it right um if you find her videos on youtube you'll see i think it's called post-traumatic slave disorder is what she calls it um it's very interesting very very interesting and there's another i found an article on essence dr wyatt let me make sure i'm getting her full name gail wyatt okay um they have an article on essence which was interesting it's from 2009 but anywho so those are just some of the things that come to mind when i think about how people don't understand the impact or the history of corporal punishment especially when it comes to dealing with black children um haitian children you know caribbean jamaican children all types of children who are first generation americans in this country or in other countries so Ooh, that was a lot of talking. I need some water and you guys need a break from hearing my lovely voice. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and segue into an ad for you all, a sponsorship here. Hear a word from our sponsors, okay? Take a break. Well, it's going to be my voice, but still. All right, I will be right back with you all. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, welcome to the Sakpase section. Um, all right, okay. So we are going to be discussing the different types of mental health professionals, which I feel like is really an important topic because, you know, we talk about mental health is good. You know, let's combat mental illness. Let's, you know, break the barriers of the of the taboo of mental illness. But people are like, I don't really know much about the field itself. Like, you know you know about the medical world there's the um feet doctor which is a podiatrist you know about the eye eye doctor optometrist you know you know about the different type of people who are in these different fields you know lawyers you know judges you know you know just different industries and you know the titles of these different people but what about mental health right so i decided that this part would be about that it shouldn't take too long i'm just basically reading it off of what i found online but Let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, so there are quite a few different types of mental health professionals. I'm gonna go through the list first and then I will let you all know who they are, okay? So number one, um, we have psychologists. Number two, psychiatrist. We have number three, psychiatric nurses. We have psychotherapists. We have counselors and we have social workers. Now the last one, I'll discuss that later because that technically it's a little complicated, okay? All right, um, so you hear all of that, you hear therapists, you hear counselors, what's the difference? Who are these people? What can they do for me if I feel like I need to seek out mental help right now or mental health help, okay? Well, number one, psychologist is basically someone who focuses on the science of behaviors, emotions, and thoughts. So for my Haitians out there, I know, I know I told you I'll be speaking in Creole, but some of these words, I don't know how to say it in Creole. So basically, um, na parle de un psychologiste, okay? So ça sont moun ki étudie psychologie. Um, you parle de science, de ki jan moun, ki jan abdetid yoye, ki jan um, emotion yoye. Okay? This person, a psychologist, usually works in private offices, hospitals, or schools. They treat relationship issues, mental illness, through counseling, and they usually have a doctoral degree, a PhD. Um, and 
they can't subscribe medication in most states. So there are some states where they can. I don't have that list in front of me, but um, when I was in college, I did learn about that. So there are some psychologists who can provide you with medication. Um, and also your primary care doctor can as well. Please excuse the noise outside. I have my window open. It's a little warm in here. Um, but yeah, so that's basically that about the psychologists. I feel so bad. I really want to be able to translate all of this into Creole, but as of right now, I I feel like it'll just slow down the episode in the way that I'm trying to do it. So I'm just trying to rock and roll with it. I'm, I'm going to figure out a way because I want to make sure I can get this information to um, people who mainly speak Creole. So right now I know I have like a lot of English speaking and listening followers. Okay, so a psychiatrist. That is a doctor with an MD, which stands for Doctor of Medicine, or a DO, which is a Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. Okay, they mainly diagnose, treat, and help prevent mental, emotional, and behavioral disorders. They use psychiatric medicine, physical exams, and lab tests to, you know, assess what's going on, see how you're doing, which, what you need, okay? Um, they usually treat more complicated disorders, and they can specialize in anything. Anything from children, adolescents, forensic psychiatry, and learning disabilities, okay? That's like their main specialty right there. Um, and then a psychiatric nurse, which is, you know kind of similar except they're registered nurses or RN as some people know who specialize in mental health they're known for their therapeutic relationships with their patients they perform psychological therapy and administer psychiatric medicine these types of mental health professionals usually operate under the supervision of a mental I'm sorry of a medical doctor okay now psychotherapist that is someone who it's a general term honestly for multiple types of um, mental health professionals it's a form of talking therapy is designed to improve your mental health and general well-being their treatment includes therapeutic conversations group therapy expressive therapy and more most popular is cbt which is cognitive behavioral therapy um, and it finds strategies to change bad behaviors thoughts and or emotions now therapists basically a person skilled in any type of therapy so that could be art therapy that can be you know there's just different types of therapy so when you think of therapists it's kind of like okay that can really apply for a broad spectrum of different things like for example there's physical therapy that's for the body that's you know involving like chiropractor type of stuff um so yeah then we have a counselor, okay? A mental health counselor is a broad term for someone who provides counseling. They can be licensed or they can be professional. There's a two, you can hear someone say, I'm a licensed counselor or I'm a professional counselor. Either way it goes, they both are, you know, basically they're allowed to practice, right? All right, so they usually specialize in job stress, addiction, marriages, families, and general stress. We have different types of counselors. We have addiction counselors. We have family and marriage counselors. We have religious counselors, pastoral counselors, all these different people. And you can kind of get an idea already of what they do based off of their title, like people who, you know, are addiction counselors. They deal with people who have addiction. That can be um, substance abuse, gambling issues, sexual addictions, or hoarding, which means you're just, you know, keeping a whole bunch of stuff that you don't need. That could be emotional baggage as well or physical stuff in your house. Um, this is usually done in a group setting. So like AA meetings, which is alcohol and alcoholics anonymous. Um, now for religious counselors or pastoral counselors, which 
they can be under both names someone who is trained to help people with a variety of problems and it's usually with a focus of faith okay um they can help with emotional mental problems all within a spiritual context this can be one-on-one or in a group which honestly most of these usually are but you know specifically for this um they usually have an extensive training in our leaders in in the church okay or like for that church is area you know um for example growing up i know that for me um our pastor sorry i can't even speak today our pastor i know he went to school for psychology and he was also a counselor so essentially he was able to do like marriage counseling and things of that nature as well now for an actual family marriage counselor they specialize obviously in marriages and family they usually um their therapy tends to be brief it doesn't take that long um it can and they're usually focused on a specific issue like let's say there was a recent fight in the family they try to get down to the root of that issue so that moving forward you know that doesn't happen again or they can learn how to communicate better so that another issue doesn't come up um this one can be one-on-one but obviously it's usually involving the couple or the family or whoever's involved specifically in that issue um now as for family and marriage care counselor I actually, that's what I went to school for. I wanted to eventually get my master's and do that, which I still am type, you know, kind of on the fence about going back to school and have my reasons. Um, and I'm really just focused on my creativity right now, but I think eventually I will go back. But as of right now, I'm like, that's not really on the table because yeah, it's just too much to go back right now. But that's what I wanted to do. Um, okay, so social work or social worker. This is a group of public employees dedicated to helping people cope with and solve issues in their lives. So this can be personal or disabilities. This addresses social issues, housing and unemployment. This often involves um, family disputes that may involve domestic violence or child abuse. And um, they can work at schools, mental health clinics, all of these different things, okay? So, um, and then, oh, I can't forget school psychologists, y'all. School psychologist is a big one. Very, very important. Very important. Um, okay. So here's one that I want you guys to be careful with. Okay. This is a psychoanalyst warning, warning. Listen up. This title is not, okay. Is not protected by federal or state law, which means anyone, you or me can call them a psychoanalyst, call themselves, sorry, a psychoanalyst and advertise their services. Um, So going to school, we learned about a psychologist who's, it's a huge name. If you study psychology or know anything about it, you know this name. Um, Psychoanalysts follow the practice of slash theories of Sigmund Freud. Okay. Now a psychoanalyst helps you explore repressed or unconscious impulses and anxieties and internal conflicts. They do this through free association, dream interpretation, and an analysis of resistance and transference. Now I'm not saying somebody who is well-educated and has a degree in maybe like, you know, psychology or is a psychologist or is a mental health therapist. I'm not saying that they can't be a psychoanalyst and actually have some reputable, you know, information to give you, but you have to be careful because again, this title is not protected by federal or state law, which is why psychoanalyst is not really a big name that you hear about that much. But if you have studied psychology, you will know of what um, psychoanalysis is because in psychology 101, you learn about Sigmund Freud. Okay. So, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, I should have saved my tea. I started, um, I drank all my tea before the episode started. Let me get a sip of a little water. Hold on, y'all. Hmm. Oh, okay. 
anyways, the episode is pretty much almost done. So again, you have to be careful with who you choose. You have to choose a mental health professional that works for you and what problems you have. So how do you choose? You may ask to choose one. You need to do your research, do your research. I decided to make this podcast to be, um, you know, to be the bridge to help you get to where you need to be or to educate others, but I can't do all the research for you. You have to do it if you want it and you need it. Okay. So consider the specialty, the training methods, schedule, availability, and convenience of that professional. See what works for you or others. Maybe, you know, it may work for this person, but it may not work for you. It may work for me. It may not work for you. So before seeking out any form of mental health, first of all, medical health in general, you need to talk to someone more educated on it or do your own personal research. It's very, very important. Very important. Okay. Read books about it. Not a lot of us read books. Our attention span is trash nowadays. Honestly, I need to work on my attention span again sometimes. Um, Google it, look it up on YouTube, Instagram. Honestly, there's so many resources these days. So you don't have an excuse to not find out about these mental health professionals before you step in the office and waste your money or your insurance. Okay. Find what works for you. You can find more information anywhere, but just be careful y'all. Listen, if you try to look at sites that, you know, try to find reputable sites that have like .edu at the end, .gov, .gov at the end. Um, some .coms are fine. Like the information I found from this website, I trusted because they got their information from reputable sites. It's not just like a blog of someone just talking. And if it was someone just talking, I would need to see, does this person have a degree in this? Do they know anything? Like, um, and that's why I like to discuss that. I did go to school for psychology when I do this episode, this um, podcast, because I don't want people to be like, who the hell is this girl just talking out the ass? Like, no, I do have some type of background, you know, education. I ain't just, you know, flapping my gums. I know something. I know it all, but I know something. I have to still help. Um, but yeah, so try to go to sites where you know you can trust that source. Okay. There is an issue, especially in the Haitian community. I really, oh my God, I need to make an episode about this. There's a lot of false information that gets passed around on WhatsApp through these chain messages and people just send them. They just send them. They don't know who it came from, who made it. It could have been a random blogger and who knows what's bubblefuck and just decided this is going to work. And they send it out mass texts going out to everyone. False information, false information. That's been happening a lot during quarantine, during this whole coronavirus thing. And y'all, we got to be careful. I see you, s'il vous plaît. Tout bagay when a WhatsApp, it's not tout bagay qui vrai. Okay, it's not tout bagay qui vrai. Gen de bagay and don't say manti. Gen de moun yo fe ne pot message yo be yo bezwen et puis yo pasel pou tout moun kawe. C'est pas tout bagay qui no WhatsApp qui vrai. Okay, s'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît, pe parisien, faut nous tendre ça. Okay, fuck nous la quoi ça, fuck nous tendre ça. Okay, please, everything on WhatsApp is not real. Some of it is not true. Stop sending it to people without knowing where it came from. Okay, I don't care if it's your coworker, your best friend who sent it to you. It may not be true. Whew, I need to get that off my chest. But anyway, so like I said, information I got from here is from healthline.com. Like I said, some .coms are are trustworthy. This one, I looked at the bottom. They had a lot of sort. They had about like eight sources from a different website that I trust. You know, um, so yeah. Like I said. Guys, I just want everyone to do their research. If you are seeking to find mental health um, help, make sure you do your research. If a psychologist doesn't work for you, try to go to a psychiatrist. If that doesn't work for you, try to find a counselor, try to find a therapist. Go on psychologytoday.com. You'll find information about local um, mental health professionals in your area. Read up about them. Like my counselor right now, um, I look, you know, 
I looked her up on, well, I didn't know who she was. I just was looking for local people. I saw her profile. Like, hmm, okay, she seems pretty cool. I think I'll, you know, go with her. So went with her, work, match made in heaven. Perfect, right? It doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes you got to go to a few sessions before it works or before you realize, okay, maybe this person is not for me. Um, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try if you can. Obviously, I know, I know, I understand that mental health is, it's expensive, it's very expensive and not everyone has access to it. So when I'm saying all of this, this is the people who I know have access and can do these things, okay? Or you want to spread the information to someone else who does have that access, okay? Um, and there are free resources, again, online if you just search them up, if you do need help with anything. So I say all that to say... We are one step closer to breaking the barriers of mental health in the Haitian community and at large in the world. So each episode, that's all I'm trying to do. I hope that you learned something. I hope that you've been educated. Something you didn't know you learned. Maybe something, maybe this sparked um, an idea, a memory, something you need to work on, something you need to do. Either way it goes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, amazing, splendid rest of your week. Um... This episode will hopefully be dropped in a few hours. So take care, everyone. Well, we have reached the ending of the episode. (laughs) All right, y'all. So before I head on out... I really, really, truly hope that this episode helped to entertain, educate, and empower you about the importance of breaking the barriers of mental health in the Haitian community. Please give it a five-star rating on iTunes or a like on whichever app that you are using. It doesn't matter whichever. Just hit that like button. Um, share it. You know, share it with a friend, a loved one, a peer. Um, also, please help keep the lights on for this podcast by donating whatever you can, whenever you can. Now, I'm not begging y'all, but you know, <laughs> we got to keep the lights on. Being a creative is expensive and there's certain things that I have to like, I have to purchase or keep up monthly so that, you know, I can be able to even do the podcast. So just let y'all know quality content costs money. Um, so please see the link in the bio if you'd like to become a regular contributor to the podcast. If you can't afford to donate, that's all right. Ain't no problem. Um, but please just keep listening to every episode and that's still just as good as donating um, and make sure that you share it again like I said that will help a big deal even if you can't be a regular contributor and again if you want to be a regular contributor I ain't talking about you gotta send me $500 all right I ain't talking about you gotta even send me 10 or 5 you can send me a dollar a month it don't matter it's gonna count because if you Sally Sue May Bill Bob and Henry all send me a dollar then I got like $10 per month and that could like cover towards you know different things I gotta do for the podcast so I'm just saying I'm just saying if you are able to do it if not that's all right but thank you in advance with sincere sincere love I wish you a wonderful rest of your week serenity smiles and positive vibes and I love you big time